What's up, everyone, and welcome back to NFL Only here on Smart Talk. And today we'll be going over week six of the NFL season and what a week it was. We had a lot of exciting games. And let's dive right into it. We have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going to Philadelphia and edging out a win that they probably should have not edged out. But they end up coming away with the win. Uh, Houston, what are your takeaways on this? Sorry, you cut out for a second. No, you're good. You're good. Uh, what are your takeaways on the Tampa Bay and Philadelphia game? Uh, honestly, I don't have too many takeaways other than Tampa Bay dominated the game uh, throughout. You know, Philly gave up a little bit of a good fight. You know, it was the Thursday game, so, you know, those games are usually closer for the most part or, like, complete blowouts. Um, I, I thought Philly came in pretty prepared for it. I thought they did a pretty good job of um, – uh, of trying to attack some weaknesses, you know, Jalen. Look, Jalen Hurts is a- average. Like, he's got playmaking ability. It's weird because he's got playmaking ability, but his his throwing is still. He has to work on it. We'll see if he's a guy that can develop. Like, you know, and then by like year three, four, he really starts to come into his own because the running ability he has is pretty special. I mean, he's he's you know probably a top five running quarterback in the NFL. Like, he can. Uh, really make a difference with his legs. I mean, he can throw the football pretty nicely when he wants to, which is very inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's some easy passes he would miss, you know, the, some overthrows, some underthrows. Uh, so he's really got to work on just being more accurate with the football, being able to place the ball where he wants it to be uh, instead of just allowing it to go wherever it is and just hoping it gets to his receiver every play. Um, but the, the Buccaneers look great. Uh, they They really, you know, I mean, Tom Brady is looking incredible. I mean, he doesn't look like he's missed a step at all. Uh, the only concern I have is his thumb. Uh, you know, he hurt it. Uh, who did they play last week before? I'm blanking. I don't know why I'm blanking. I shouldn't be blanking. Uh, I got you, bro. I got it real quick. The... Whoever, they played la- whoever they played last week, though, he hurt his thumb. And you could kind of tell a little bit that it was bothering him. Uh, he kind of re-aggravated it, so that's something to keep an eye on um, throughout the season. If it's going to be able to fully heal, um, if he'll be fine moving forward, or if it's going to be something that kind of lingers and bothers him through the season. Because once it got hit again against Philly, he started having a, a few passes that went awry, and uh, it wasn't as clean looking as, as we'd seen all season. So we'll see what happens with that. But. Yeah, he played Miami. That's why it was kind of forgettable because they blew got him it. out. Yeah, uh, but it. yeah, they uh, – yeah, I, I agree with you for the most part and everything. I think, you know, Tampa Bay dominated this game throughout. You know, Philadelphia tried to make a push at the end of the game. But the that end drive, though, took up almost six minutes. And just it was just methodical. They were like, we're just going to end the game here and then go home so nobody gets injured. That, that was an impressive drive. Uh, to be able to end a game with six minutes when a team is, you know, I don't say their season's on the line. But it kind of felt like it for Philadelphia this year. We're like, if they can get the three and three in that division, because yes, Dallas has been really good. We'll get to them here in a second. But Dallas in that division, it's like you don't know what's going to happen half the time. You know, somebody could like disappear for like fifteen days or something, and like that team loses two or three games. You know, they, mm-hmm. that this, this weird stuff happens in this division. Uh, and, you know, Philadelphia, if they were able to come out with this win, you know, like, I, th- I think that's a very good, 
They would, it would be in a very good spot. And then you have everybody uh, right now in the NFC East that has kind of two or three losses, or not NFC East, but NFC has like two or three losses in those final three playoff spots. And it's going to be a really interesting push to see who gets those because you got the Bears popping in there. You have the Saints. Um, you have Carolina, who has three losses now. You have, you know, Philadelphia. Uh, you know, it's two and four. They could have been three and three. But, you know, I think it just says a lot to Tampa Bay right now with how well they're playing. And, you know, like you said, Tom Brady got injured. You know, he didn't look Tom Brady-esque at times throughout the night. Uh, but he also put up some pretty decent stats for himself. You know, almost 300 yards, two touchdowns, an interception. Um, right. The interception was just like an overthrow. It was like a punt um, a little bit. But, you know, this offense, I think the one thing that's concerning is their ground game really hasn't got going this year. You know, 3.3 yards to carry, 3.7 with uh, Leonard Fournette getting uh, the bulk of the carries. And I think that's the big thing is their run game's not going. Is What happens if their pass game gets stopped up? You know, who like is their run game going to be reliable? You know, that's the main thing with them. And, you know, we've seen what happened. We've seen what's happening in the Kansas City right now in that scenario. And it's going to be interesting to see, you know, when Tampa Bay faces a really good secondary, uh, I'm, I'm interested to see, like, what happens uh, and how they are able to adjust the season. But, Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, but, yeah, we'll get into uh, – a team who has a good secondary that's, like, completely depleted at the moment, the Packers, and then they beat my Chicago Bears by 10. Uh, a lot closer of a game than I thought it was going to be, and I'll start with this one. Uh, you know, I think Justin Fields played – he played adequate. Uh, you know, he has some missed throws here and there. But, you know, I think he played – I think he played adequate for, you know, the position that he was in. He had sacked four times. Um uh, you know, throughout the game, and, you know, most of those were on him. You know, he uh, had a couple of chances to throw him away. You know, uh, at the beginning of the, uh, or at the end of the, at the end of the first half, that whole debacle, whether you want to blame it on the timeout, or, you know, or the timeout not being called, there's a delay game and pushes the ball back, or Justin Fields getting sacked. At some point, though, you just got to get the ball out. You know, and then if Carol Santos wants to kick a 58-yard field goal, allow him to kick a 58-yard field goal or at some point because you can't just be taking sacks and knocking yourself out of field goal range and taking three off the board. You know, the game's tied yeah. going into the half of that happens. And then, you know, at the end of the game, you have to know when the time is. And Nagy and, his, and Bill Lacer have to know what type of plays you're calling. They had a third and 15, and they ran uh, – I'm blanking here. They ran uh, lines to the, or they ran routes to the sticks. They ran like thirty or twenty, uh, twenty yard concept plays with a bad offensive line, and nobody was open. And Justin Fields tried to improvise, and he's getting sacked. Ends up being like a fourth and like forty or fifty, whatever, however long it was. But you know that just bad game management. By you know whether it be Justin Fields you know or the uh, the play callers the the coaches Bill Lazor and Matt Nagy I think what really lost them this game here and Aaron Rodgers did not have the best game out there I was like he 
it wasn't really he, he didn't really win this game. I feel like it was more the ground game, and the Bears mm. lost this game this time around. And I think it yeah. says a lot about the Bears this season, where I think they're a borderline playoff team. I don't think they're going to go in and mm-hmm. beat a team in the playoffs. They could. Uh, they had the upset potential, but with how good their defense is, they have a electric quarterback. But you know, I just don't see like them going further in the playoffs. I see them sneaking into the playoffs. I don't see them going really far in the playoffs. And I think the Packers, you know, I, they still have some stuff to work out. Yes, their secondary has been injured. It's been banged up. But right. you know, who 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 do they go to after you know Devontae Adams? You know. What happens when that run game isn't really working for them? And we have to rely on Aaron Rodgers. And we saw that in the NFC Championship game where Aaron Rodgers in big situations tends to choke a little bit. And that's the big hump that they have to get over this season is they're going to be fine throughout the regular season. Is what happens mm-hmm. in the postseason for Green Bay, uh, honestly. But what are your takeaways from it? No, yeah. Um... I kind of agree with you. I think Chicago lost this game more so than Green Bay won it. Um, I thought Chicago played really, really well against Green Bay. They really slowed down Rodgers, and, and really the defense played amazing. Um, but Justin Fields has just got to continue to improve. You know, I think we're seeing improvements from him every game. Uh, I think they're opening up the offense a little bit more. You're seeing a little bit more down the field throws at times. You're seeing him push the ball. Um you know, there's times where he looks incredible, but again, he's another guy that has to get better with ball placement, putting the ball where he wants it. Um, you know, there's times where, I mean, his deep ball is really good, right? But his short accuracy, it's almost kind of like Cam Newton-esque, where like he's really got to fix his short accuracy. Sometimes it's behind, it's over, it's too far in front. Like He's just got to be able to put it more on the money. Uh, the connection between him and Darnell Mooney has been phenomenal. Um, they're really clicking. Uh, Allen Robinson is starting to kind of come back into the fold a little bit. Um, but the Bears got to keep running the football. They've got to get Justin Fields more involved in the running game, I feel like. He's not really involved more so than just scrambling. I think they've got to do some more designed runs with him mm-hmm. um, and really allow that strength of his to succeed and to get him going. And uh, But they've got to continue to run the football uh, with Herbert or Williams, whoever's back this week. I know Williams has to clear the COVID protocol before he can play. Um, but Herbert looked great, and they've got to continue to run the football, um, be that kind of team that can grind. And, um, and yeah, I, I, I agree. The Bears are a borderline playoff team. Uh, we'll see what happens uh, moving forward the rest of the season. But to me, they're definitely a 9-10 to 10 win team, um, even with the way the offense is kind of sputtering along because that defense is playing phenomenal. Yeah, I think one thing to add here before we move on is, you know, Cool Herbert, his first career starter, being a fifth or fifth or sixth round pick, balled out. You know, that that's just how much depth they have in their uh in on their ground game. Uh that they're able to be on their fourth running back and still have the performance that he did. And, you know, I think that's another thing going into it. They they stopped u- utilizing their run game halfway through the first half and it really sucked the momentum out of the game for Chicago. And and that's another thing that goes back to coaching. You know, and more so the Bears lost this game. They didn't do what was going for them in the game. They wanted to switch it up. They wanted to change it up. You know, it's the, it's the you know mantra that everybody knows. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And it wasn't broken the game. And they decided, hey, let's fix it for no like for no reason except for they wanted to get cute with stuff. And 
it ended up costing the game. So it's just, as a Bears fan, it's annoying to watch this. It's annoying to hear Aaron Rodgers say, "I still own you" on national television. Uh, but you know, at the end of the day, he only has one Super Bowl. He only has one Super Bowl appearance. He can't really say too too much. Um, so it, it, it is what it is. But you know, yeah, absolutely. It, yeah, but you know, that's my little sly at Packers fans. Uh, a little bit, but it is what it is. So, yeah, we'll move on to uh, my mouse supposed to work here. We'll move on here to the Chargers getting absolutely throttled against the Ravens. Um, I just – I know their, their, uh, their, rushing, their rushing attack was something I worried about coming into this game. Uh, you know, they're, I think they're statistically – you know, one of the worst in the league. You know, I look at yards per carry, and that, that's how I utilize who's good, who's bad at running the football. Um, you know, because it doesn't matter how many times you run the football. You know, it helps when you run it a little bit more and you wear down the defense. But it's a matter of how many, how many uh, yards you're giving up per game or per carry. And that was something that they're not good in the category that they, like, it, they're really bad in, actually. And what Baltimore was able to do with the amount of running backs and the amount of uh, different rushing people that they had in this game, I think says a lot about, you know, just something that the Chargers need to fix as a whole on their, on, uh, on their team. And, you know, it's very similar to what happened to Buffalo last year. They couldn't stop the run. You know, uh... Kansas City, Tennessee, both of them beat them last year in the regular season by putting up massive running games. You know, and the Chargers need to get that patched up. Brand Staley, great defensive coordinator, great defensive mind. He can get that fixed. But, you know, this is something to look out for on this team. And then obviously, Justin Herbert may be pushing when they're down in games. I think it's something to look for as well. You know, we've seen it with Pat Mahomes. You know, he likes to push a lot when they're down in games, and then it gets them in mistakes. It gets them in the comebacks a lot, but also gets them into mistakes, and it really, you know, and the stats don't really look that good. So I think that's another thing to look look at is what happens when the Chargers get down in these games, uh, and he has to fight and crawl his way back into them instead of just picking up home run plays from time to time. But, you know, what are your thoughts on him? Yeah, I mean the Ravens. Um, that running, yeah, that running attack is you know they're multifaceted. They've got guys that can, um, excuse me, they they got guys that can uh, do it all. I mean, when you have let's see, one, two, three, four guys get uh, have eight carries or more, obviously including Lamar, and uh, and then you have a couple more guys, but they all average four point nine yards per carry. That is that's in, that's impressive. And one hundred eighty seven yards. Um, you know, Bell's getting more carries. Latavius Murray's getting carries. Freeman's getting carries. Um, you know, Lamar didn't even have his best passing day. It wasn't the greatest, you know, threw a couple interceptions. Um, but I'm really impressed with this, uh, this, this, uh, Ravens defense. They're, they're playing an outstanding. Um, you know, can the secondary hold up? Uh, they played really well against the Chargers and they played, you know, a full game, that's something that we're going to have to continue to see because um, they, they have at times that ability to, to have a leaky secondary. Um, and so we'll see how that kind of goes. Um, but, um, but yeah, as far as the Chargers go, 
you know, like I agree, you know, like they've got a, you know, they're a young team. They're gonna they're gonna learn, you know, when they're down to how to fight back, to claw back in the games, you know, even if they're down by a couple scores, to not like allow it to get crazy out of hand. Um, they're gonna continue to learn. They're gonna be. They're still gonna have. You know, honestly, at this point, probably with the way their schedule is, probably at least a 12-win season <clears throat> and potentially winning the NFC West, which would be huge for them uh, to win that game and get a home playoff game. Or, yeah, to get a home playoff game um, over Kansas City, who would have to travel somewhere. That would be huge. And it would be huge for the AFC. So, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Kazir White had two interceptions today, or you are today, yeah. but Sunday or Sunday. And I think it's interesting to think that, you know, he's Kevin White's brother. You know, he was a late-round pick. And, you know, right. to see him performing the way he has and getting better each year, it, I think it's just something interesting to see, especially as a Bears fan with, uh, you know, Kevin White. Everybody knows what happened to him. Uh, you know, he got injured just a whole bunch. He had a lot of talent. And just to see, like, his brother coming out and making plays, you know, in 2021, I think something interesting and cool to see. A little bit of a fun fact, too. But, uh, yeah, we'll move on here. To the other blowout that was supposed to be a good game, that in uh, it's the Cardinals at the Browns. I'll let you get started on this one, Houston. Uh, I I really don't got a lot other than the fact that I, the Cardinals are the best team, uh, best team in football um, by far. They're they're dominant uh, on all three phases. The defense is looking outstanding. Um. You know the offense obviously is so dangerous. I mean, when you've got, I mean, you've got a legit number one, a legit number two, two superstar slot players in Kirk and Moore. Um, now you've got Ertz coming in at tight end. You've got the duo running back Chase Edmonds that can do it all. Um, you've got, um, uh, I'm trying to think, Chase Edmonds, and then you've got um, James Conner that can do it all as well. Um, those kinds of things are just really impressive to me, and uh, you know, with what they're able to do with that with that team, the way Kyler's playing, the way that offense is running, they didn't even have their head coach, um, and so uh, you know, and that can be detrimental sometimes, especially when your coach is really the play caller. Um, so they, I mean, they phenomenal job by the Cardinals. The Browns are kind of worrying to me. They've gotten some injuries starting to pop up. Uh, they play this Thursday night um, against the Broncos team. Uh, without their two-star running backs, which is their bread and butter, uh, Odell's kind of down, which hasn't doesn't really mean too much. But Jarvis Landry being out, we'll see what happens with the Browns team. Uh, if they fall to three and four, uh, it's going to be a fight to really push back into this uh, AFC North, and they could probably fall out of the AFC North and really just be fighting for a wild card spot the rest of the season. Um, the Browns are not are sitting at a place where you know many of us probably thought they wouldn't be. They probably thought we thought they would be about five and one, four and two. Uh, but being three and three and on the verge of going three and four, um, losing to the Broncos who have lost three straight and are probably pretty pissed about that. Um, you know, it's a recipe for disaster right now for Cleveland, and a lot of it has to do with Baker. I know his shoulders hurting and things like that, but um, but look, you know, like if you're going to be a franchise quarterback, not everything's going to be perfect. And you know, I'm not someone to sit here and try to hate on Baker and think he's the worst quarterback ever. But he's a guy that needs help, and he's a guy that needs pieces around him to succeed. Uh, I think that's what separates him from a lot of those top-tier guys is that um, he's a guy that definitely needs pieces around him. He's in that second tier. you know. He's in like that Kirk Cousins tier where Kirk Cousins is not going to make people better necessarily, but if you give him the pieces, Kirk Cousins plays phenomenally. 
Um, just as if you give Baker those pieces. Baker's going to play outstanding, but once those pieces start getting taken away, we start to really see what kind of guy he is. And uh, can he change that narrative? That's what I'm looking for. Well, I think one thing here for me is, you know, he had five sacks. They, they sacked him five times excuse right. me, uh, in this game. And another thing is, though, you know, I've, you know, I've partially torn my leg room. That it isn't fun. And it's uncomfortable when you're playing football. Uh, you know, and somebody, you know, it was on my dominant side, so it kind of affected my game a little bit more, um, a little bit. But you know, it is still just not a comfortable feeling. And then with how much movement you're doing throwing the football, and how much upper body and lower body that you're using to. Uh, you know, just get the ball and sling it as fast as you can and, you know, in the places that it need to be, you know, that opposite shoulder is going to, you know, affect some of that. I think and I think some of it uh, is probably mental, but it's also, I think some of it is, you know, a little bit physical when you come to his uh, shoulder and how messed up it is. You know, we saw it with Trubisky um, uh, 2019 when he messed up his shoulder. Um you know, and he came back, and he kind of uh, it kind of dropped off a little bit that season because he had the good start, and then he kind of dropped off a little bit. And right. that's what we're seeing with Baker, where he had the great start, he gets injured, and he's kind of dropping off a little bit. And I think a lot of that has to do with the injury, and a lot of that, mm-hmm. and some of it has to do with uh, you know him getting sacked five times. Uh, you know, this loss isn't on Baker, even though the media pundits, you know, Stephen A. Whatever the ESPN morning show is now, and then uh, you know we go over to other stuff, Fox and you know Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless and stuff. But they like they're gonna blame it on Baker Mayfield. This game wasn't on Baker Mayfield. You know this game yeah. is on the team as a whole. Five sacks. You're allowing your quarterback to get sacked five times. That's that's terrible. All right, yeah. and it is end of itself. You're getting three point eight yards of car- or eight three point eight yards of carry as a team. Uh, Kareem Hunt had 4.7 yards of carry, which is something that, you know, you probably want to see more of if you're the uh, Browns and that Baker throwing 20 or throwing double that with a bummed up shoulder. You know, that's, that goes to coaching. It goes to uh, Kevin Stefanski. You know, that they, they just get out. They just they get outplayed on every side of the football uh, Sunday. Yeah. And that's a whole team effort. That's not on Baker Mayfield. And you know, like you said, they they can fix this. You know, they you know they're playing the Denver team that's going on a three game losing streak. You know, yes, they don't have a lot of the pieces like uh, like you mentioned, but they still have a chance to beat a Denver team that's just as wounded, coming off three straight losses. Maybe their morale's down a little bit. It's a it's you know it could be a very good win for them and a very momentum swinging win. You know, they had a couple of those last year that got them back on track and maybe they can have them again this season. All right. So yeah. you good with this game? You'll move on to the, probably the most exciting game of the week. The Dallas Cowboys at the new England Patriots. Yeah. Um, I was just, again, the Cowboys are continuing to press impress me more and more. Um, they're a team that is, um, just they're playing really well in a lot of phases of football. You know, I know their defense is not special, right? It's not elite, but it's so much more improved than last season. I know people want to talk about the yards they've given up in the passing game and this and that. Well, outside of Diggs, they don't have anybody else in the passing game. And I know people want to get on to Diggs and say, 
oh, well, he's giving up this many yards and blah, 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 blah. Okay, a lot of that has to do with scheme that he's in and things like that. He's not always in man-to-man coverage. So sometimes, by default, a guy runs past his face and he's in a certain zone, and it's going to be pinned on him as a guy that's giving up all those yards, it's right? Like the, it's like the, well, it's the 75-yard touchdown on Kendrick Bourne. That safety's supposed well, okay, to carry that was, over. That was his fault. That was his fault. Well, he didn't get beat on it, but that safety's there to help. You know? Right. But the thing is, that is the thing. Though. He was, that, I mean, that was his fault, right? Like, he wasn't man coverage and, and things like that. But we talked about this. He's not a man coverage corner. I mean, he's not been a cornerback for very long. I mean, he played receiver at Alabama. He, so he was new to a corner when he was at Alabama. So he's still a new corner going into the NFL. I mean, I think that's why you saw some growing pains last season. And I think that's why you're starting to really see him emerge this year. Not just with the interceptions, but just as a player in general. Uh, because I think he's really starting to grasp the position. I don't think it's his athletic ability more so the fact that he just doesn't have the technique as a corner. I think he could become a shutdown corner, like very much uh, a Tredavious White, per se, with that size and length and things like that. Um, but he's got to continue to improve as a cornerback with the technique and with, and with how he is. I'm at that position, but his ball hog skills, the way he gets the football um, when it's around him, I mean, is special. And uh, that alone, I know they can't rely on that every game. He's not going to have an interception every game. It's just, um, it's kind of crazy to think that he'll do that the rest of the season. It'll, it'll stop at some point. But, you know, it's just like, especially, you know, with a bye week coming up, kind of slows your momentum down. You come back next week, we'll see how it goes. But, you know, Offensively, though, Dallas is just phenomenal. I mean, the offensive line is really starting to gel again. They're healthy. They're, they're playing well. The running game is being awesome. Uh, the passing game is looking phenomenal. And they're missing Gallup. So, I mean, Dak is playing out, out of his mind. Um, I'm just, I really love where this Cowboys team is going. It's the best Cowboys team I've seen um, in a long, long time. I mean, probably since the 14 and 2, 2014, 2015 team that uh, lost on the, on the Des catch to the but- Packers. But well, I, well, I also I, I don't even know if it's those. I think it goes back even further because you know that 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 Dez catch team with Tony Romo. I think his last year being like relevant in foot, like in playing football. Yeah, you know that that was a uh, you know I don't think people were expecting them to beat the Packers that year. I think we expected it to be a good game, but not expecting them to beat them. And then you know you go to their rookie year, D- Dax and Zeke's rookie year. You know, we, we they were rookies. We didn't expect them to make it to the Super Bowl. We expected them to maybe, you know, win a playoff game, but we didn't expect them to win the Super Bowl. Um, but this year feels a little bit different. You know, they're veterans. You know, they've been in the league for five years now, I think. And, mm-hmm. you know, you, this team feels different. You know, they're veterans. And when you have that veteran leadership, it makes a whole right. lot of difference. And I think we're starting to see that come to fruition for Dallas. And then, you know, going over to New England real quick, I want to hop on. He's, do you think it was Matt Jones' fault in the interception on that pick six? Or do you think it was Kendrick Bourne's? Uh, Kendrick Bourne's. I mean, look, I, I swear Matt Jones has the most interceptions this year that is the receiver's fault. I mean, we, we, everybody wants to continue to pin it on Matt Jones. is like he's this terrible quarterback and he doesn't know what he's doing and all this kind of jazz. But I'm just like, oh, like, what do you, what do you mean? Like, what what are you trying to like? How how is he bad? Like, in all honesty, like, how is like how is he a bad quarterback? I mean, he played phenomenal. I mean, his receivers continue to drop passes, and it, it blows my mind. Yeah, it's like it's like Sam Darnold, where like they drop like 
close to ten passes or whatever on him uh, Sunday against the Vikings. You know that like like your receivers are a big part of the passing game, and you know your offensive coordinator and play calling is a big part of the passing game, and they haven't helped him out either. Josh McDaniels. Uh, thinks he's Tom Brady and can dink his uh, or dink and dunk his way down the field, which he's proven he can do. But all people want to see is stats. They want to see 300, 400 yard games. Uh, you know, they don't really put much thought into people getting barely over 200 yards every game. And that's what we're seeing from Mac Jones, where he's playing really good. He makes the most out of every throw. Mm. But, you know, people aren't excited about. 250 yard games anymore, which I think is something that we need to probably watch and look out for because Matt Jones is playing really good. Uh, Matt Jones is playing really good for a rookie, and people forget that he's a rookie and they want to compare him to Tom Brady, and that's what everybody likes to do when a quarterback leaves. They always compare him to that, this and that. You know, Andrew Luck came in, and Andrew Luck was a different quarterback than Peyton Manning. And those conversations shut up pretty quickly because Andrew Luck was, I think, the best quarterback to be drafted uh, in the last decade. Uh, Andrew Luck was just a phenomenal player, and we're starting to see that a little bit with Tom with with Tom Brady's replacement in Matt Jones. We're seeing that we're trying to see those comparisons. Like, why isn't he put up these numbers? Well, he's a rookie, you know, and a lot of that has to do with Josh McDaniels. And Bill Belichick being stingy about rookies. They don't really like to play rookies that much. And, you know, they're starting a rookie here at quarterback, and they're not trusting him, trusting him to throw it deep and make good decisions deep. You know, he's proven that to them all season. Uh, so I think a lot of that goes on the coordinators. Like you said, I, I, I agree. It's Kendrick Bourne that got that pick six. Like, catch the football. The ball hits your hands. Catch it. If not, yeah. and not drop it, uh, drop it toward the ground. Don't tip it back up in the air. Yeah, you know that. That's the thing. Um, but you know, I just a great one by Dallas. You know, when you're when you're when you're in a position to lose this game just outright, uh, and you find a way to win it, that's uh, twice. They did it twice. You know, they get the pick six, and then Matt Jones comes out and gets the seventy-five yard touchdown. We can debate on whether it was Trevon Diggs's fault. Or not, I would say it was the safety's fault because the, you know, uh, Trevon, uh, Trevon jumped on the out, on the, uh, right. on the on the out route, and I'm assuming he was probably expecting help from his safety, and his safety never gave him help. Uh, that's why I'm assuming on that. And then, you know, they go and then they go down and able to make a field or get into field goal range, make a field goal, and they go down, stop Matt Jones again in overtime and then throw a touchdown pass to win the game. So, you know, Dallas, Dallas is just a good football team this year. And I think we're really seeing that. And, you know, like I said, it's the best team I think they placed or they put out there in a very, very, very long time. Maybe the – I want to say back to the twenty or 2007 team is probably where I want to say is where I'm safe to, safest to go back is where I think this team this – team, Everybody's expecting them to go to the Super Bowl this season. And in that 2017, everybody was expecting them. They had home field advantage. Uh, you know, they they were going up against the Giants, the lonely Giants, and then they end up losing and then Giants go and beat the undefeated Patriots. This is a this is a very good Dallas team. Uh, and they beat a very good New England team that, you know, has had some 
very close losses to very good teams this year. But with that, we'll move on to Sunday Night Football. We had the Seahawks at the Steelers. And, uh, Houston, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I don't – I guess this was kind of a game that, you know, I've been talking to you about, like, not really talking about. Um, <laughs> I mean, look, the Steelers, like, they beat a bad – they beat a banged-up Russell Wilson-less Seahawks team. And and the Seahawks' defense is not that good this year. It's a lot more underwhelming uh, than people thought. I mean, me and you talked about we didn't think it was going to be elite, but we thought it was going to be better than what it's been. It's been atrocious. And the Steelers still – let me see how many yards they put up. Uh, still, I don't even think put up like <laughs> over 300 yards of offense. Maybe, uh, goodness gracious, if it'll work. Yeah, I, I have it here. They 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 put up like 350. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. As as a as a team in general, I mean, when you really think about, um, you know, like yeah. Oh shoot, that's the Seahawks. But I mean, yeah, two hundred twenty-six yards. Yeah, so I mean, you're over. Yeah, you're about at three hundred and fifty yards as a team. Uh, that all, that passing attack should have been exploding with that with that team. I, you know, I, Chris Collins were talking about can we open up the offense a little bit more? Those kinds of things. It's like they're almost too conservative with what they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're like, I know Ben's not great, but like, let him push the ball down the field. Like it's one last year. Like, your defense is phenomenal. Like, your defense is out of this world. Like, it's going to continue to, you know, be a top-five defense in, in multiple facets of the game. Uh, Najee Harris is starting to really pick up as, as, a, as, a, as a freaking three-down workhorse kind of back. I mean, it, it comes down to can they push the ball down the field? They've got tight ends capable of being, you know, they've got the possession kind of guy in, in Fryermuth, the, the rookie from Penn State. You've got... You know, a guy that's more athletic and can stretch the field. Ebron, you've got Claypool. I know Miss Schuster's out, but you've got Deontay Johnson. Like, I mean, I, I'm sure they've got some other receivers that they have that they've drafted that have been good. So, you know, the, the, the only the only I'm just curious to see what they do moving forward because if they don't change this recipe, they're not a playoff team. They're probably winning only six or seven games. Yeah, the only quarterback he has more like uh, yards per completion, yards per average, and like you, our ESPN doesn't really. Uh, give you like what type of stat is, but you know uh, if it's yards per it's yards per completion. The only person that he uh, he's only above five people. Justin Fields, we talked about him earlier. Jared mm-hmm. Goff, Jacoby Brissett, and Ryan Fitzpatrick, who played like a quarter. Right, like that. That I think that says a lot about the Steelers' offense. I think this is a little bit short and sweet here. Uh, you know, I agree with everything that you said. You know, they they need to push the ball down the field at some point. Uh, if they're doing these dink and dunk passes, Najee Harris is can, is going to be continuing or continuing to pick up three, barely over three yards of carry. Uh, right. You know, and then Geno Smith, I thought he played adequate. You know, he's he's Geno Smith. That's all I'm going to say on that. You know, Stiller's defense won him this game, and Stiller's and the Stiller's defense had them at a 500 record at this moment. That, that's all it is. Like their defense is phenomenal. T.J. Watt. Uh, early candidate for uh, defense player of the year. Just he's been he's been phenomenal this year, but you know they, they you know Seahawks won this game and they blew it. That's how I see it. Uh, and the Steelers de- or and more so the Steelers defense is just a legit. It's it's still a top ten defense, maybe a top five defense, and it's the reason they're at five hundred at this moment. And you know Seattle 
you know, I didn't. I wasn't very high on going to the season. They lose Russell Wilson, and this team's gonna. I think do a nosedive. I think they get New Orleans next week. This it, this team's just going to do a nosedive, and you know, I think Pete Carroll is gonna be one or two more years with him. So, yeah. you know, it's gonna be interesting to see how they patch up this team to see if they can get another Super Bowl out of Pete Carroll. But it's not. It's it's not a good. This this team in twenty twenty one is not a good football team. Uh, yeah, both, no, of the, both, of these te- both of these teams aren't. But, yeah, we'll move on to Monday Night Football to wrap it up here. We got the Bills and Titans, and the Bills losing because Josh Allen can't keep his footing for once. Uh, and hey, that's, that's what it came down to. You got to give them credit. I mean, they went four and a fourth down. Um, you got to give them credit for the fact that they wanted to win this game, that he trusted his players enough to, to do – um, to do that, and look, it happens. And, and Jeffrey Simmons freaking manhandled the guard and, I mean, literally put the guard right back on Josh Allen's lap. I mean, it was a great play by them. You know, Josh Allen slips. Hey, well, you know, if Josh Allen doesn't slip, I mean, maybe Jeffrey Simmons still makes that play. Uh, but, hey, it is what it is. And you, Derrick Henry, I mean, phenomenal. I mean, probably the best player in football. Uh, outside of Aaron Donald, probably the best offensive player in football. Um, Aaron Donald, I think, is still the best player in football. I mean, I know the people want to talk about, oh, he doesn't have the sack, so I'm sorry, he's a defensive tackle, and he's still second. Well, he's in triple team, Derek Boy. Yes, and he's still second in the NFL in, ta- in sacks for a defensive tackle, for an interior D lineman. So, you know, if we want to go to that route, but... Um, you know he's still, he's he's the second best player overall in football, best offensive player by far. Derrick Henry, I mean, there's no stopping. I don't blame the Bills. You go to overtime and the freaking Titans get that. I mean, he could literally break off a freaking 75 yard run after opening kickoff. Like it, it's that possible, or he breaks off a 50 yard run and then they get right close to field position. Like, I mean, you can't you can't risk it. Like you have to go for it. And I, now I look, I mean, quarterback sneaks. Like, with his size and things like that, I understand it. But I almost wish, man, they did something a little bit more creative on the perimeter, like getting Cole Beasley open on, like, a little quick out route. I just didn't like the quarterback sneak they did. They they did this earlier in the game, and they got stuffed at the goal line where they moved moved him over to the tackle. Like, it was kind of like a little quarterback sweep type of quarterback sneak. Right. Push him up the middle with with the center and guard. All right. That's what a quarterback sneak is. That's how you get yardages. You don't have your quarterback move backwards a couple feet and then lose all momentum. He's 6'5", uses momentum. That's just a stupid play call is what it is. You know, that, yeah. that, 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 football like that infuriates the crap out of me because it's stupid. Like, you, like, it, it, why you do you – you get, it gets stopped earlier in the game. Why go back to it? Especially when Jeffrey Stills oh, won the best – one of the most underrated defensive tackles in the league. And the, the, you can tell they probably underrated him because they, they ran right at him twice and he stopped him. On the same yeah. play, just two different points in the game. You know, like, you know, that, that that just shows you... They I think they were high on their own supply coming into this game. And this, this game was a reality check for them. This game was yeah, a reality sure. check for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, and stuff. And I have a friend who is from Tennessee and stuff, and they were the fans were, uh, you know, painting painting the town Buffalo, painting the town blue and stuff with the Bills and everything, uh, saying it was Bills country going into Nashville and stuff. Uh, 
and uh, they end up losing. So it's it's kind of it's kind of funny uh, a little bit, but it's also it's it, the, I think the everybody was just very high on their own supply with Buffalo at the moment, and they got they got a little bit of reality check, which is good for a team. You know, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's good for a team that you know you get the reality check at some point in the season. You'd rather have it early than late, and they yeah. got it early. And the question is, is how they bounce back. That that's the thing after a reality check is how. What do you take away from it, and what how do you move on from it? That that's that's what the Buffalo. That's what we need to see from Buffalo in the coming weeks is how they move on from this. You know, they had it early in the year when they lost to the when they lost to the Steelers, but this one feels like a little bit more. It feels a little bit more like a playoff game with the Titans, yeah. and it, it it you know this is this is probably a good loss. This is a good loss. You know, lot you know you always want to win, but when you're able to take away something from a loss, I think like the Bills are probably going to do here. You know, sometimes it's better to lose so you're able to regain yourself before postseason. For sure. Yeah, but you have anything else to add on this, or besides Ryan Tannehill? He's probably having the worst performance of his career this year, this season. Like I don't know Man, what look, I, uh, he's been. Ta- he's been terrible. I would say it's been terrible. More so, like guys been dropping passes and things like that too. And Julio and Brown have not been able to stay healthy. Like I mean, that duo was supposed to be dangerous, and you kind of saw that last night. Um, yeah, no, but how they just... were, or not last night, two nights ago, with how they were playing, like. I mean, you started to see a little bit of, like, okay, they're starting to come alive a little bit passing game-wise. But I agree, like, it's hindering them. They play the they play the Chiefs this week. If they can't keep up with the Chiefs passing the ball-wise, and, ex- and look, I mean, you're going to have Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is a freaking explosive offense in and of himself. But if you can't get the passing game going, it's going to be hard to beat the Chiefs, who, um, you know, who are able to, uh, you know, push the ball down the field, obviously, the way they are. So, yeah. But uh, you have anything else to add? No. Yeah, that's it. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. Uh, make sure to like, comment, you know, uh, share it. And also make sure to follow the podcast at SparkTalk2 on Twitter. Uh, because I'll be, I'll be tweeting. I'll watch the game at 1, 1 p.m. And then I like to tweet it out throughout. Maybe get some Twitter interaction a little bit. Um, maybe I can. And I'm, hopefully can coach up Houston this Sunday. Uh, as well on like how to do that, and so me and him can both be doing it on the Twitter, getting the Twitter a little bit going. You coming over to watch bit. those games? Yeah. Uh, yeah. and uh, so we'll kind of uh, do that. Try to get the Twitter going a little bit because we had, I had some really good interactions on uh, Twitter this week on doing that. But yeah, make sure to follow that Spark Talk too, uh, and then make sure to follow the Instagram at Spark Talk. Uh, as well, but thank you all for listening. Oh yeah, make sure to follow Houston at Varsity Ginger Fifty Five and me at underscore Sparky underscore Four. But yeah, just want to say thank you all again for listening. We're coming up on five thousand plays, our total, which is always uh, which is nice to hear, especially with the little small uh, Kentucky podcast that we have going on here. So uh, just uh, we really appreciate it, and I'll let you do the outro, Houston. All right, y'all. Now until next time, peace. See ya.